0: And You can have a seat. Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you for, for joining us here at Journey Church. My name is Scott. I'm the lead pastor. We're just so glad to be able to spend uh, some time Christmas Eve with you here tonight. My guess is that uh, Christmas feels like a, a familiar season to most of us. It's filled with familiar traditions or activities, maybe familiar faces or familiar foods, maybe even a, a familiar story, right? The, the Christmas story with, with some familiar characters, Mary and, and Joseph on the way to, to Bethlehem when, when Mary is ready to have baby Jesus. They, they're looking for a place for this to happen and all they can find is, is what's understood to be a, a stable and, and Jesus is, is placed in, in the manger. Like, these are the, the familiarities of, of Christmas. We, we've come to know what, what to expect when it comes to Christmas, except maybe when we don't. <laughs> My family and I, we uh, have struggled over the last few years to, to decide on a, a Christmas dinner tradition, like what we're going to eat on Christmas Eve, like when we're finished here and we go home, and, and we've tried a, a number of things. In fact, one year, it was a few years back, we decided we're going to get P.F. Chang's, but it was hard for us to go and and pick up the PFJs because we're here at the service, but we had some family that was traveling down, and they were going to be able to just stop and, and pick it up along the way, and then we'd enjoy, right, like the, the lettuce wraps and the sweet and sour, whatever, and, and enjoy that after our service, and, and then the unexpected happened on Christmas Eve, it, it snowed. It was, it was wonderful. Our kids went out and played in it and ran around outside in between the Christmas Eve services, but, but our family, the weather was a, a little bit worse up north, and they weren't able to come down, and, and so we didn't have the, the PF Changs that we had hoped for and expected. We ended up with Papa Murphy's, which was less than what was hoped for and, and expected in, in the evening, but um, when we experience the unexpected, we often have a few options of how we might respond. We might respond with, with frustration. We might get angry about what's taken place and be like, man, I can't believe this. We might also respond with innovation. We might just try to fix the unexpected. And, and both of those things were that what happened to us that night. We were frustrated and we were innovative and we ended up with Papa Murphy's and it was, it was delicious. But a, a third option would be to pay attention. Like to, to notice what's going on in this unexpected moment. And that tonight is what we'll see in this story that we'll read that comes in Luke chapter 2. It comes right after Jesus' birth story, um, and it it talks about the shepherds. So it's found in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, and it says this. It says, in the same region, shepherds were out in in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the, this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Now, one of the best ways that we can grab someone's attention is by doing the unexpected. I had a, a PE teacher in middle school that would, when kids weren't paying attention and he wanted to get their attention, he would take his keys out and, and throw them at him. And, and typically it worked, right? Until he hit a kid and they asked him to stop doing that. But but it was the unexpected of the jingle and the whirring of, of the keys flying by that, that got the attention of, of the kids. Uh, the unexpected will grab our attention. And I imagine that for these shepherds standing out in their fields when the angel arrived on the scene and, and bound in with the glory of the Lord shining all around him. It, it had the shepherds' attention and, and the shepherds were, were ready to maybe hear or see or, or actually they, their response was fear. Their response wasn't frustration. It wasn't innovation out of the unexpected. It was just simply to be terrified And the angel's response to them was a classic angel response. They said, the angel said the same thing to Mary and to Joseph when they pronounced the birth of Jesus. The angel says, don't be afraid. And we can understand that maybe why the the shepherd's were. but that was the response. But then the angel says one word that sets the stage for the rest of the story. That one word is behold. Now behold is a word that I'm guessing you haven't used today. Right? Like, like you didn't wa- send a text to your husband and said, Behold, this is what I need you to pick up at the store tonight. Or you didn't wa- you're not going to walk home tonight and, and place dinner down, Behold, we are having ham. Like it's not, it's not a common word for us to use, but it, in scripture, in the, in the narrative of God, we see it used often. And when it's used, it has a, a purpose, it has a reason, it, it, it's meant to, to say, Listen carefully. Maybe consider this, and and how I believe it's used in this story. I, I think what the what they're saying is, pay attention. Pay attention, and I'm guessing that at this moment, the angel had the shepherd's attention because this scene is filled with the unexpected. It was the angel showed up at an unexpected time, to an unexpected place. It was the middle of night, and it was in the middle of nowhere. The the author tells, says that it was the city of David, which that sounds pretty great. Like we know David was a great man, but, but Bethlehem at that point was just a lowly village. And the angel just showed up in the middle of the night. Not only did it show up at an unexpected time and place, the angel showed up to an unexpected group of people. These shepherds, they were out of sight, out of mind kind of people. They were on the low end of the, of the social scale. They were poor, they were dirty, they were considered thieving, they were considered irreligious, they were easy to forget and easy to ignore. I imagine we can picture people in our own culture or world that, that find themselves in a, in a similar space as the, the shepherds maybe did in their culture and in, and in their time. They were easy to forget and easy to ignore, but not on this night. On this night, God did not ignore them, God did not forget them, but He did something unexpected. This angel brought the most unexpected message to them, to the shepherds. He says, behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Essentially, he was saying this. Calm down. It's going to be okay. Just listen carefully. Pay pay attention to what I'm going to say here today. I've got a message and you don't want to miss it. It's a message of hope. It's a message of joyful news. It's a message that's for everyone. It's a message that's, that's for you. You see, up until this point, God's words were meant for God's people. Like It was only the, the religious and the, the righteous who, were, who felt like they would, could receive the word of God in a moment like this. But this message, it was for the shepherds. Listen to what the message was. The message was, today a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, was born for you. You see, they would have recognized the words in that, in that message. They would have recognized Savior as, as this rescuer, as this hero who would save them from whatever it was that was oppressing them or keeping them down. They would have known and understood the word Messiah, which for them meant this, this promised king who would redeem and restore and that they had been waiting for for a long, long time. And they would have understood the word Lord as as meaning God himself. And so what the angel was saying to them was that this rescuing king, who is God himself, was born for you. And so what did that mean for them? What did that mean for the shepherds on on this dark night surrounded by angels? What did it mean when they heard this message? Well, it meant this. It meant that in Jesus, God came to where they were to be with them. It meant this, that in Jesus, God came for them to be for them. It meant this, that in Jesus, God came as one of them to show them his love for them. I love this definition of, of love. Uh, it clearly describes the love of God that we see in the, the biblical narrative and the story of God, and it's, it's this. It's love is a rugged commitment to be with, for, and, and, and unto another. Or in this case, unto the creation of God. He's is being demonstrated to be with, for, and unto the ones that he created, the ones that he loved. It actually reminds me of, of my grandparents and, and their own... Um, as my grandpa got older and and as he kind of went down the ended with dementia and just had a kind of a long, painful demise, and just the time my grandma spent with him and her willingness to stay by his side and a a rugged commitment to be with, for, and unto him. But for the shepherds that night, like they would hear this wonderful message. They would hear this this thing that was good news and, and great joy that was for all people, including them. But but how could they know that it was true? They didn't ask this question, but maybe it was what's going on in their mind. How can we know that what you say is true? Well, the angel says, like, this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. This wasn't fine linen. This wasn't silk cloth. This wasn't a, a crib like covered in gold, or it wasn't a, a bassinet that was covered in jewels. No, this was a more humble place and space. You see, Jesus would be wrapped in unexpectedly accessible packaging. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in a temple where only the invited or or only the righteous could enter. Instead, he entered into humanity in a humble setting where even the shepherds could find him and stand in his presence. Jesus came that his grace, his presence might be accessible, that his grace and his presence might be available to all people. He came to be near. He came to be with. He came to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, there are many um, unexpected moments in life that, that we love, that we that we enjoy, that we look forward to. These maybe an unexpected moment like like the snow that we experienced just just yesterday, how how wonderful that was, or or maybe the unexpected moment of getting a, a raise or a promotion in, in your job, or or maybe it's the unexpected bonus of, of finding that, that onion ring in the basket of French fries. Just that one sweet little gift. Right? Or maybe I'm the only one that looks forward to that. But what if we responded to the unexpected moments, not as, as being good or, or bad, but rather what if we responded to them by paying attention? That what if we didn't respond to them and, and consider like how we can actually fix them or just spending our time being frustrated by these unexpected moments? But what if these unexpected moments were a reminder to us that in the unexpected, Jesus is, is with us, that Jesus is for us? And that Jesus loves us. Tonight I've I've asked some friends to come and and they're gonna light the the Christ candle on our Advent candle set. Now we've been lighting an Advent candle each Sunday over the last month as we've been been watching the, the light it although it's artificial the light increases with with each lit candle as we experience and as we take a look at the, the joy and the peace and the hope and the love of Christ, And so I've asked Jimmy and, and Josie Rose to, to come up, and you guys can, can make your way up now. And they're going to light the Christ candle tonight, and, and as they do, they're going to share about how they have been beholding Jesus in their own lives over the last year or so. And at the end, when, they, when they're all finished, as, as it's been our tradition, they will, they will light their LED candle from the, the Christ candle And then they will come out to us and we will begin to spread the light around this room as we pass the light of of Christ onward to, to one another. And then we will close by singing a few songs.
1: Well, thank you, Pastor, for inviting us to share a few ways that we've beheld Christ this past year. We decided to pick a few of them and make an acronym, Christ. So here we go. So for C, I read a lot of books, and earlier this year I read one by Pastor Craig Rochelle called Winning the War in Your Mind, where he asked, why does God whisper in a still, small voice? And then he suggested it's because he's that close.
2: For H, we have home. Last week, pa- Pastor Jamie Nolingoff read Matthew 23, 37, where Jesus asks, How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. We have been so blessed with Jimmy's uh, mother, Dora Three, when she moved into our home, and we have an expe- been able to experience a beautiful synchrony of multi-generational living that we simply look to Christ with awe and appreciation of his design, so, thank you, Dorothy.
1: R, right, for relax. Back on January 2nd, Pastor Scott strongly encouraged this congregation to practice celebrating the Sabbath and outlined a stop, rest, delight, and worship guide, saying, For many, this will be new, strange, hard, and uncomfortable. At the same time, it hopefully will be refreshing, encouraging, delightful, and fun. He was right. I for intentional. For Easter and Lent this year, we joined with this church in a five-day fast. I've been a Christian my whole life, but had never truly fasted. Our church provided a guidebook called Abide that walked us through each day from preparation to breaking the fast and taught that when we deny ourselves of natural cravings and worldly distractions, we become more sensitive to God's voice then we are better able to focus on God and submit to his will. That abide book is the only journaling I've ever done, but it was an awesome experience, and it will be a keepsake for the rest of my life.
2: C, while our church spent an entire year studying the book of John page by page, we were also watching a television series called The Chosen, which gave us a visual imagery of Jesus through the eyes of those who met him. The last is trust. Uh, This past year has been odd for me from a work perspective uh, in terms of my career. Uh, There is a position that I had applied for that I didn't get last year. However, I've still been performing the full duties of that position since that time. Uh, This brought up so many feelings of indignation, hurt, pride, anger, disappointment, you name it. I was pretty beside myself for a few weeks, and Jimmy had read the book Moving Mountains by John Eldridge and had me listen to a section on asking God what to pray. So, I did. And within two to three minutes, I heard, I wanted this for you. In that moment, I was at peace. Now, over a year later, an opportunity is coming together where I can be in the same position but only three days a week. This is infinitely better for my family, and few other positions exist like this in the continental U.S. It's perfect, and I trust that Jesus will see it through.